All right, and welcome back to another episode of Rebel with a Cause. I am your host, Eric, and joining me today is Nikki Picone. How's it going, buddy? Oh, it's going. I'm I'm awake. <laughs> Much earlier than I usually like to be awake. Uh, I do apologize. <laughs> no, no, that's not on you. I, I, I offer these times up knowing full well that I should be sleeping. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh... It's kind of how it is. Sometimes you just have to uh, be awake for others. And uh, the fact that I want to go to sleep at seven o'clock in the morning is not anyone else's problem. That's fine. That's right. <laughs> All right. So um, Nick Picone is the uh, one of the co-hosts of the Sounds Like Liberty podcast. Uh, one of the co-hosts for. Uh, oh, I see. I had the the name of the other one, and now it just escaped my head. It's the one that you do with uh, Ben Pengi, the environment oh, free markets green earth yeah free markets green earth i knew it was like something like that uh, what can i say my 40 year old brain is just uh is mush lately i have got five years i'll be right be, be there just soon enough yeah so what i found is uh every day you feel pretty much the same but uh you know you, you struggle to find words sometimes and then uh like things that you <laughs> knew just are gone all of a sudden <laughs> i don't know uh yeah Maybe maybe it was that calcification of the pineal gland that uh, Alex Jones was warning us about all those years ago. <laughs> He's still warning us about it, isn't he? Wherever he is. Yeah, where, wherever he is, whatever uh, hosting platform he's still allowed to be on. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> but uh, but. I w- wanted to have you on uh, because, uh, you know, I like uh, talking to my buddies on here. And uh, I think the uh, the people out there like it. And uh, so one thing I really wanted to focus on was the uh, the Freedom Song 365. And I, I think that's a project that's still going on, isn't it? It is currently going on, yes. And uh, you do that with the uh, the wonderful uh, Sherry Voluntary, who I've had on the show a couple times now. So I do, as well as Luke Tatum of the Culture Peace Podcast. Yes, Luke Tatum. Uh, stay tuned, folks, because I'm going to have him on the show as well. So <laughs> that's actually who I was just inter- interviewing about up in his video games. Oh, so. nice. Yeah, because I was going to ask him about that. <laughs> so he, he's, he he better have all those answers down pat by the time I get to him. <laughs> oh, he's he's good. We 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 threw him for a loop because we don't interview. We have conversations, right? Um, <laughs> and he's good. At, he, he was ready to interview, and I'm like, fuck that. I'm you're gonna. You're gonna say what I want you to say. That's <laughs> like, yeah. Tell me about this soundtrack. <laughs> tell me about the video game soundtrack. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Okay, so uh, Freedom Song 365. For uh, for those that don't know, uh, you take uh, songs that may or may not have some kind of libertarian message, and you kind of discuss them. And I think the the word count on it right now is uh, pretty high. It would give uh, uh, Rothbard according to Luke. According to Luke, when we're all said and done, we may be in war and peace territory. That's uh, yeah, that's uh, that's saying something. I've got a copy and, of War and Peace over there in the uh, on the bookshelf, and it's uh, it takes up quite a lot of room. <laughs> for those of you who uh, are, are interested, and I'll just sell, start with the sell. You can go to freedomsong365.com. You can still sign up for the last couple months of the year. Uh, I may put some kind of deal on that. Um, if not, it's eight bucks a month and every day you get an email from us that has a new song with a new analysis in your mailbox, Yeah, your email box. Um, when it is all said and done, uh, as of the first of 2020, cause we've been doing this since January 1st, 2019, sending out a new song with a new analysis 
by all three of us. Um, I will be opening up the web page to everybody so you can just go and hang out and see everything that we covered. And it's a lot of 365 songs where you learn about liberty or libertarian themes from a, you know, that, the way I always envisioned it was a way, you know, way to talk to your kids, a way to talk to other people in a way that they understood. Right. Hey, here's a great example of this premise and this idea that I talk about in song form. Most of them you've even heard, like so many of the songs we've used, you know, are top 40 hits. Yes. I think it was, and some of them are amazing to me. Like we, we started off the project with uh, Silent Running by Mike and the Mechanics, which is a number one hit. Yeah. You have no idea what the lyrics are saying. <laughs> and it's probably one of the most anarchist songs ever written. If you really get into it. Um, I, I joke with people. It's like, if I told you there's a song right now that came out right now, and it said in the second verse, there's a gun and ammunition just inside the doorway. Use them in the in case of emergency. Right. There's no way in the world you'd believe that song could be a top 40 hit. But it was. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I think the third verse focuses on, you know, teach the children quietly because Sunday sons and daughters will rise up and fight where we stood still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, just openly anarchistic ideas and – Top the charts. Yeah, usually you find lyrics like that in some kind of uh, indie punk band that nobody has ever heard of, and there may be like a a demo floating out there on SoundCloud or something like that. But uh, yeah, you know that was a top forty song. <laughs> you know, and we do have some fun. Like we, there's I know some of them are reaching. Uh, we definitely have a few songs that are clearly romance songs or love songs or. Yeah, relationship right. songs. Yeah, you're kind of looking but, for but if some you, kind of thing on it. Yeah. Well, but it's not even looking for it. It's just because the fact of the matter is, is that the the easiest way to describe what the the U.S. government's relationship with people is is, a, is an abusive husband or you know, you know, wife beater. Essentially, it's somebody that abuses a person that's supposed to you know be supporting. Right. Um. You know, but there's also fun stuff in there. Like I think I. I use a Belinda Carlisle song to talk. Like literally, I referenced Walter Block in a Belinda Carlisle song talking about the you know can you make can you sell yourself into slavery essentially? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know we have our fun with it. Yeah. I think when we we on uh, April Fool's Day we sent out an email. We sent out two emails on April Fool's Day. Mm-hmm. One of which was uh, Toby Keith's. Uh, courtesy of the red white and blue i think oh god probably the the least libertarian song of all time (laughs) yeah it was funny though and i I think we i don't think we sent them an actual one until the next day (laughs) but yeah you know we were just talking about killing a killing a bunch of brown people in that song so pretty libertarian right yeah yeah very very much when i was when i was asking people crowdsourcing ideas for new songs to finish out the the last couple that were straggling um, online, and I got someone who recommended that song. And I'm like, ah, oh, you think you're a libertarian, and that frustrates me. <laughs> uh, must not. must be one of those uh, bordertarian or cupsucker libertarians. No, 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 no. It was just a straight up neocon. Like, oh, those okay. people. Those people think they're libertarians. Oh, he saw reason. he saw the word freedom, and it instantly just uh, visions of Ronald Reagan filled his head. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, no I, argument love, I love those types. And then there was the other guy who like recommended, you know, that Kid Rock song. 
Oh, oh boy. We did a we did a Fourth of July episode last year for Sounds Like Liberty with our our good friend Trey, and it was hilarious because um, <laughs> we 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 analyzed some songs, and one of the songs that we uh, we analyzed was uh, we analyzed two in particular. Maybe it was a three. Uh, what's their three doors down has a song that was funded by the national guard as uh, does kid rock yeah i remember that when the, they actually showed that commercial in movie theaters and i remember going to to see some movie and i can't remember which one but that was like that national guard commercial and everybody in the audience went oh come on <laughs> at the same yeah, time yeah no it's, it's disgusting <laughs> uh I, I think it was like it was right around the same time the Marines had this uh, had this commercial about the uh, you know the young Marine he he joins the Marines and instantly he gets like the suit of armor and then he has to go fight a dragon and shit <laughs> and the National Guard was that like is trying a to one up commercial him. yes oh my god it's terrible I'm gonna have to find that on YouTube and put that in the show you know notes. we know what we should really do is we should post the video for uh, what's it's a Rise Against song actually um. Hero of War by Rise Against. Mm. <laughs> That's what we should have had him watch. Yeah. I, I'm going to be honest. I just kind of shivered thinking about the song. <laughs> I definitely I definitely cried while I was doing the write-up for it. Because <laughs> it just it, it hits so close to home. Yeah. Uh, I'm a, I grew up in kind of – I grew up in a poor area in New York State, out in the country. And so watching – you know, I, I graduated high school in 2002. So as you can imagine – yeah. Uh, I watched a lot of my, you know, people I knew and people that my little brothers knew get shipped overseas for the wars. And it is that song in particular. I just remember how accurately it kind of depicts the way that they lie these kids into going and getting themselves killed. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's absolutely gruesome. Um, you know, it it, it it explains the con job so beautifully. Like I'm, I'm, I'm almost tearing up thinking about the song right now. And <sighs> sorry, I get a little, a little flustered. Yeah, when thinking about killing people yeah. for no reason. No, it's okay. It's uh, <laughs> I uh, it it worked on me because uh, I graduated high school from Walker, Louisiana. Uh, yeah, you guys can look that one up, and. Uh, any of those small towns, like they, the Department of Defense, they specialize in trying to get those kids out in the little small towns around big cities, and because they know that you know Pappy and Grandpappy all served in the Army or in the Marines, and uh, therefore you know the kids are going to be easy pickings, and they're not really son, they're not really going to be you, all that bright. Son, would you like to see the world? What if I told you that you could yeah. just carry this gun? Like, because I remember, like, my grandfather has all these stories about when he used to be in the Navy during, uh, you know, the Korea conflict. And his stories are all, he played a lot of basketball on the ship. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's what he remembers from this. Yeah. And, you know, every, it, it, it's, there's just a cultural sale of a false bill of good on this oh, yeah. and like I said in that particular song this really really sticks out because like, it just I remember recruiters coming up to, to me in high school and just saying hey how'd you like to go and see, see the world get on a ship and just <laughs> go to faraway lands 
like you're reading a fucking storybook. Yeah. And what what you what the, what you get is a desert with a bunch of people that are also damaged like you and yeah. poor like you because nobody signs up to get shot unless they are. Yeah. And uh like I said, that propaganda worked on me because I went and joined the army, uh infantry, got airborne in my contract. You know, uh and I sat there and I was uh, in a little minivan and we were driving down to the medical processing center in New Orleans mm-hmm. before I shipped out. And uh, one of the recruiters was like still working on a guy. And uh, he was telling him because the guy was married and he didn't want to leave his wife and everything. And he had a newborn child on the way. So the recruiter uh, started going into car salesman mode and was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, the army is going to be great because it's got, uh, you know, fantastic family benefits and everything. And 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 uh you know there's all of these kind of family services and all that and he's just really selling them on it and uh i was kind of like nudging one of my buddies over there and he goes like yeah last week this guy told me about all the pussy i was gonna slay because i was a single guy going in there yeah yeah (laughs) which uh uh both of which turned out to be lies yeah there is family services but yeah chances are you might not qualify for any of that crap and uh yeah and by the time I had made it like through uh, basic training and all that, you know, they, I was tra- sitting there trying to figure out why my MOS uh, was 11 X-ray. And uh, so if you're straight infantry, it's 11 Bravo. And so that was the one I really wanted. Uh, so, but 11 X-ray just means they can put whatever letter in that slot. And so they said, okay, well, you're just going to be 11 Mike, which is mechanized infantry, which means you're going to hang around in a bullet sponge called a Bradley fighting vehicle. <laughs> And I didn't want to do that at all. So I was like, oh, crap. You know, he got me. He, he lied to me. But it, yep. it, it, and when you find out later, uh, yeah, the recruiters get a little manual uh, and it's about an inch and a half thick. And it's basically just filled with salesman tactics. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you really wanted to be a salesman, you you know, you can sell all kinds of stuff in this country. <laughs> you know, you don't well, have to sell well, crap. <laughs> you know, war propaganda well, to people. Well, the thing is, is that, like, and why, in particular, why that song rings out to me isn't even so much the what it you know depicts as far as going out because that that is that's so accurate. And you got lucky in that you came back, and from what as far as I can tell, you seem like you still managed to kind of be together. Yeah, uh, I, I was only um, in for like five months and twenty two days. I got a, like a really bad hernia and I got out. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, in the, the the in particular, that story is about the guy that wasn't so lucky as yeah. to have a hernia, and the real damage is the fact that yeah, he comes back, but not all of them comes back. Like you, you leave parts of yourself over there. Yeah. And I have enough friends in college that I saw the aftermath of leaving part of yourself over there. Oh, yeah. And you know, watch people try and drown the nightmares and booze and pills until you know eventually they just don't make it. Yeah, the uh, it's not it's not suicide necessarily, but yeah, that's the <laughs> the the slowly poisoning the self, you know, because mm-hmm. they. But uh, I, I witnessed some friends that come back, and uh, you know they're a little loopy now. I mean, you couldn't look at them and say that they were depressed, but obviously by their actions, you know. And then uh, my uncle, uh, he served four tours in Vietnam. Uh, when he came back, he couldn't even listen to heavy trucks going down the road without it spooking him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And even today, if he sees Asian people of any kind of, he immediately gets defensive. Uh, it's like his whole body posture changes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, this, you know, the Vietnam war that, you know, it's back in the sixties and seventies. It hasn't been around for, you know, 50 years, but, uh, 
and there it is. It, it, it still affects him to this day. You know, not as badly as it did after he got out, but I mean, it's, it still affects him. But uh, yeah, it's, it's terrible. That's terrible. You're, you're asking young men and women to do awful shit in the name of, you know, supposed freedom. And I have to use the heaviest air quotes around there. But uh, <laughs> he, 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 he didn't use his fingers, folks. He literally just waved his arms up and down like he's an air traffic controller in an effort to get them big enough to yeah. really sell what he was trying to get across. Yeah, exactly. It's a, uh, it, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, it, 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 like if you're going to be a salesman uh, uh, talking to recruiters here, I mean, you can sell anything and get paid way better for it and actually sleep at night because then, you know, you're not sending kids into meat grinder. So, uh, I mean, do you think it's vindictive on their part? Like they had to, they, they went through this and now they just want to ruin other people's lives. Oh, I'm sure there, there's part of that. Uh, we, we had some recruiters that would, uh, I get now it's your turn. Yeah, it's pretty much it was like, I had to go through this bullshit. Now you got to. Um, yeah, there were some recruiters that would t- just talk shit on the other recruiters. It was like, yeah, 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 don't listen to him. He's going to lie to you. It's like, okay, well, if he's going to lie to me. Yeah, he's just doing a good cop, bad cop thing. That's all that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. And then you finally read that field manual that they get for the uh, for the recruiting tactics, and it's like everything out of every bad sales, uh, sales book out there. But it's like, the the product that they're selling is, is way worse, way worse. So it just boggles my mind how people can actually easily fall for it, and I I can't really say much because I fail for it. So yeah, well I'm not gonna lie, I I I'm, I'm one of those people I will claim that I've been an anarchist my whole life, but <laughs> when I, when college ended and I had no other prospects of anything to do because I entered the job market in oh six oh seven. Oh, that was a great time um, to enter the job market. <laughs> it wasn't it though. Yes. Um, you know, and I'm I'm there and I'm looking, well, what do I do? I I walked myself into an Air Force recruiter's office, figured, well, my dad's half brother's uh you know, he, he retired out of there as a colonel, so that that's gotta be good for me. <laughs> and you know, the only reason I probably didn't end up going is because they handed me a a doctor's note saying they wanted me to lose weight and then I well, I wanted me to lose weight and that I couldn't ever get any more tattoos. <laughs> yeah, the, the tattoos. At which point, I'm like, yeah, no, no. At which point, I'm okay, well, that's not going to happen. So <laughs> <laughs> so you can I'm, – I'm glad I dodged that bullet because I would have not been happy in any part of that uh, that life that I, I did not, that I was about to sign up for. But, but you know, ultimately, that's what it is, is that they, they prey on people that don't have other options. Yeah, like yeah. That's the whole point. So it truly is like scraping the bottom of the barrel as far as like trying to go get work. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, I'm young. I don't really have anything. Uh, it's like, here's this recruiter office. I know that's a job, you know, but <laughs> I should have skipped and went to the cruise, the cruise company. Yeah. You could have been an entertainer on a cruise ship. <laughs> yeah. Probably you could have saw the that. world that way. <laughs> <laughs> I probably could have actually banged out a bunch of girls on the cruise ship. <laughs> Gotten myself an exotic disease from Haiti. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Because whatever happens on deck zero, uh, well, sometimes stays on deck zero. <laughs> sometimes you take it home with you. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and for those that don't know, deck zero is where like all of the crew hangs out. And that's where their rooms are at. Stacked five in there <laughs> at a time. It's it's pretty crazy. Every time I go on a cruise ship, I always take the uh, the deck zero tour. And it's really fun because uh, sometimes you find where all the good poker games are taking place. 
I was gonna say like that that's where all the real shit's going down. <laughs> and from what I understand, it's not like people spend a whole ton of time down there. Yeah, because, I, mean, I mean when you live the cruise life, I mean you're you're working a lot. Yeah, but they work like twelve hour shifts and stuff, and then like the rest of the time they may have like a few hours to do something that yeah, you know, they're gonna be asleep the rest of the time. Yeah. So but then again I thought it's on a boat and boats sink. <laughs> Every yeah. every year I think about the Contra Cruise and then I think, ah, yeah, but that many libertarians in one place on a boat. Yeah. Oh, what's that? It's a mid-roll read. It's going to be great. That just that just screams sink me. <laughs> like, it would be the quickest, easiest way to get rid of political distance you can imagine. <laughs> just sink the boat and make sure none of them get picked there's, up. There's no, there's, no, there's no way for no, – no other way no, – no better way to do it. Like, they can't do Waco anymore, but they could sink a ship. Uh, happens it, all the time. You know, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. There is one conspiracy theory out there that the Titanic was sunk by the Rothschilds to get rid of some of their competition because the who's who in, uh, industry and, you know, robber barons of the day were all on that ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there is a little bit of a conspiracy theory that they intentionally sunk it just to get rid of a whole bunch of competition. <laughs> I mean, I've watched, en- I've watched enough how the Titanic sank videos. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty certain that like, <laughs> That uh, no, no, it was just because they the coal fire caught, <laughs> and they didn't do anything about it. Yeah, it, they also went very cheap on the uh, the rolled uh, steel as well. That didn't you know withstand getting hit by a little iceberg. So yeah, yeah, it's a uh, hubris uh, kind of does people in a whole lot. But uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know, we have a whole bunch of libertarians and some of the biggest names in libertarian philosophy all on one cruise ship. <laughs> Seems like I don't want to be on that boat. <laughs> I mean, I want to be on that boat, but I don't want to die either. <laughs> well, so, uh, what are they doing? Like the fourth one coming up? So I don't know. I believe so. I, it, the truth is, is I, and, I, and I joke about this. I, I've, I've bitched, I bitched and complained about the first two because like, I want to go to Alaska. That would have been one I would have actually went on. Yeah. But we couldn't. We my my parents are making us do Disney for my daughter this year. Oh. And so I didn't have the time to take to do it or yeah. frankly the money. Um, cause we're doing that instead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it sucks. Cause it was like the year, like I, I that was the one trip that I really would have like bit the bullet to do. Yeah. Cause I'd love to see Alaska. I'm not, I'm not a hot, hot weather guy. Like I have no interest in going oh, yeah, well, into sunshiny Caribbean. Yeah, you're, you would definitely love Alaska. I got spoiled. Like, my very first cruise was going to Alaska in 2010. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though it's summertime up there, like, the, the high was, like, 68 one day. That's beautiful. You're just walking around, like, the wind is whipping. I was like, oh, I'm, you know, having to put on a jacket. And, you know, of course, you see the locals, and they're walking around in, like, T-shirt and shorts because to them it's, you know, it, it's a it's a hot streak for a couple of days. I have still been in flip-flops. So oh, yeah. No difference to me. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Uh, one place that we went was uh, Skagway, Alaska, and there was one guy there who was the telephone repair guy, uh, maintenance guy, car mechanic, and he also owned his own bar and brewery. Because <laughs> everyone Sounds up there, right? got, yeah, everyone up there has got like nine jobs. <laughs> and how many felonies does he have, by the way? Oh, he probably has a whole bunch. Like, uh, one of the girls that worked for him in the bar, uh, she was from New Orleans, and she definitely looked a little sketchy. <laughs> So she yeah. was probably on the run from stuff too. So, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's the only reason. Like, I would love to go up there. That'd be beautiful. I'd just move up 
there, no questions. Um, <laughs> with the exception of I thought I'd have to move my wife and daughter up there. Yeah. And from what I understand, it has a much higher than average rate of uh, sex offenders <laughs> than yes. any other place in the country. And I don't know that I want to bring my wife and daughter. Yeah, that that'd be a little rough. Uh, we'll just move to Vermont instead. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> In the backyard of Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Oh my goodness! But yeah, the New last Hampshire, case, then whatever. New Hampshire, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, it's, I grew up in New York. I grew up in New York State. We uh, we actually went up to Porkfest this this uh, summer, and my daughter loved it. Well, of course she did. There's like so much in, stuff for the kids to do up there. So. Yeah, it had nothing to do with that. My my daughter didn't do a single activity that they had planned. <laughs> She went up there and she she met uh, the Love Java Coffee lady's daughter. Oh, okay. Who was a little bit older and just was loved hanging out with him. So they just traipsed around all day for a week. Well, well that's fine. You met, meet a friend and that's it. And she's got yep, a coffee and, hookup. <laughs> <laughs> and we, uh, yeah, it was it was it was a great time. Irma Irma is so bummed that we're not planning on going back next year because we're going to be in Texas. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, you're going to, you're coming to Childerberg, right? Uh, as far as I know, I'm performing Childerberg. Good, good. Same here. I'm going to do a little stand up set myself. So I heard, I heard you guys some stiff competition coming down <laughs> to do some stand up with you though. Yeah. Good old, uh, Brian McWilliams. Uh, he's going to come down and do that. If we have, to I, I heard, him and I heard Claire's going to be doing it too. Claire. I don't know anything about that. No, nothing. Claire. I'm trying to figure out who Claire <laughs> is. Oh, Mark Claire. Mark. Oh, okay, okay. I was sitting there like trying to. I was like, "Does he mean Chloe Anagnos?" I didn't know she did stand up. That would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Mark Claire and his uh, and his beautiful mane. Uh, we'll have to kidnap him and take him over there as well. <laughs> but yeah, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a fun time. That's gonna be a fun time. I can't wait for that one. Yeah, and then I'm doubling it up, obviously, with the uh, the LP convention. Yeah, they're, they're, they're I'm not sure be, how, that, how that's going to work out. Uh, I'm going to be one of those unfortunate few who is probably going to go back and forth a little bit. Um, well, yeah, I'm going to have to. I, I, the, I, prom, I When I got involved with the Mises Caucus, I uh, feel like I signed up that I had to at least try <laughs> and be the delegate once. Yeah, I, I think everyone should go and delegate once. Uh, I delegated at the last one and pretty much just missed everything that was going on because it was constantly on the floor. Um, yeah, but yeah, that, that yeah, everyone should have to delegate one uh, at least once, just so they can kind of get an idea for what the the process is and uh, see how easily things can get uh, <laughs> out of hand. Uh, yeah, my personal favorite was everyone sitting on the on the floor and we're all trying to make motions at the same time and. Uh, it was just funny. I was like, guys, stop making the motions. We we haven't even voted on the one that was presented, you know. But it gets, it gets pretty crazy. Yeah. So I'd rather. There's a part of me that's like, oh no, I didn't get to be a delegate. Let's just go to Childerberg instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Childerberg dose is definitely going to be a, a fun time. Uh, I think this one's going to be stupid, ridiculous as far as how many people are going to be there. I, I've told I've told Lindsay that I my goal is to make it completely unmanageable equalize. <laughs> like I want it to be so successful that it has to fail. <laughs> just to see just to see how frazzled uh, Jake can get. 
I don't want to see Jake frazzled. I just want him to be so successful that it fails. <laughs> it's 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 not about Jacob. It's just about you know the event. Just everybody just running all over the place and uh, being loud in the park because we're gonna have music, comedy, and as as I told him, I'm like, there's gonna be you know. I want to have an unrealistic amount of people show up that you were completely unprepared for. And like, they're going to have to like kick us out of the camping resort. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, uh, also kind of interesting that now the city of Austin is requiring us to get insurance. That's not interesting at all. That is at 100% what I would expect. If it was a birthday party, they would have made him do that. Yeah. True. True. I was like, uh, I was like, man, they can't really, think that we're going to be that big but yeah you're probably right no it's just the way that like if the, uh, the, i know he was talking about a stage and the minute that happened insurance became necessary in case somebody <laughs> fell off it i i don't I, I only know this because as a performer i know i've had to i've been asking about insurance before um i don't typically carry it yeah uh, you think you can get it for single events and stuff like that yeah um but it's you know it, it literally is just in case somebody it's heard on public property that they're that it's covered. Yeah, so, they don't really care what you're doing. Like literally, they make DJs sign fucking paper. <laughs> <laughs> What's a DJ do other than stand at a booth? Yeah. Um, so leave so, the uh, the bicycle jousting at home. That's <laughs> well, I mean, just know that you that you whatever it is you signed a waiver. Yeah, it's all on you. It's all on you. Yeah. See, now I said the words bicycle jousting, and everyone's like now trying to picture it. No, no, I, I, I've done it. I, I understand. Uh, did we use uh, broomsticks? Because when no, I did it as a kid, jou- we, you get a jousting pole. You get a jou- actual jousting pole. Yeah, yeah. I remember when we did that as kids. We had uh, broomsticks and then trash can lids as shields. <laughs> I mean, I hung up. I, I, I did a little bit of pole vaulting in high school, so so there's always that. <laughs> Just get the pole vault out there. Yeah. What are those things running? It's like 20 feet, 18 feet, something like that. They're pretty long, aren't they? <laughs> They're pretty long. <laughs> Honestly, it kind of de- it depends on the, uh, like, you don't need to use a gigantic one unless you're trying to do gigantic heights. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's an interesting thing because, I mean, it's just a tube. Tube with a lot of spring to it. Yes. No, no. It's got a lot of spring to it. That's all right. <laughs> um, was it's an interesting, it's an interesting uh, event because, I mean, it takes a lot of control of your body to be able to do it. I was not very good at it. It's kind of like a sprinters are good at this sort of thing. Um, it, it, I think people, I think it looks a lot easier than perhaps it actually is. Yeah. A lot of those uh, track and field events kind of look that way. Because the like even the high jump, like when people do the uh, over the back and everything, they, they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you're just watching it. It's like, oh well, yeah, I can go do that out in the yard right now. But it actually takes years of practice trying to get it. You know, get your body in a position just enough to try and get like that tenth of an inch more than the other guy. You know, because yeah, that's usually what it breaks down to. And then, uh, well, and I mean, in all of that stuff, like I when I I started out high school as a fat kid and so I was a a shot putter and discus thrower which is incredibly difficult and also if you're gonna do it's it helps to be tall yeah. I was not tall and it definitely held me back 
Um, but what else was I going to do as a fat kid on the track team? And then I lost a bunch of weight uh, in high school and became a long distance runner. And so I ended up getting like a, a, a scholarship at college for steeplechase, which thankfully required far less coordination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the steeplechase where you just bound over that little boundary and uh, for whatever reason we have water there. <laughs> the water well, seems a little horse. It's because it's a horse race. <laughs> okay, I gotcha. <laughs> like that's that's literally what steeplechase is. It was a race designed for horses that they decided to port over two people <laughs> for some inexplicable reason. Um, Somebody back in the 1880s, you know, but we can run that. <laughs> you can, and it's a it's an it's an intense uh, sport. I liked it because it was actually mentally a lot easier than long distance running. Yeah, it was physically more demanding, but you you could kind of like when you're running long distance, you just kind of keep going, and that's how you how you win. Yeah, um, with steeplechase, you can't really think that far ahead. It's no. just literally get to this next th- the barrier and get over it, and then just you know you keep doing that. Um, so you don't have time to let your brain wander like you do in the middle of like a five k. Yeah, when I was uh, you know I. Uh, like three times a week I'll get out there and run for about an hour. And most of the time when I'm out there running, I'm just looking at the top of the trees and I'm not really thinking about much. (laughs) There's no like strategy or anything I'm trying to come up with, but uh, yeah, you can, you can, you can solve a lot of problems while you're out there. It's just because that's all you got to do is just think. (laughs) Yep. I I was joked by the coach that said only two people are good at long distance running really smart people and really dumb people. Really smart people can think their way through it. Yeah. Really dumb people just don't realize it hurts. <laughs> no gray area in between. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of those kind of things. It was like, uh, okay, coach, uh, I guess I'll go with you on it. <laughs> yeah. My, 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 in high school, my coaches were kind of always like a little weirded out by me because my way of practicing was to run barefoot through the forest and they really hated their star track champion running through the forest barefoot. They're afraid I was going to like cut myself on rocks and trees and shit. And I'm like, you want me to show up? You're going to let me do what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it made your feet tough. You know, uh, they were pretty callous back in the day. Like drop kick your face. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was a uh, there was a time when I was uh, when I was a teenager where trying to be hard and everything was uh, was one of those things. It was like, all right, so I'm just gonna walk everywhere with you know flip flops because they have like no support uh, whatsoever, and then uh, I'm gonna walk barefoot on a gravel road for a mile just to see if I can do it. <laughs> that type of shit. It was always kind of fun. Well, see, and I just did it because I lived in the country, and that's what she did. Yeah. It was either that um, or you got a stick and you poked something. I did a lot of that. <laughs> it was a lot of walking barefoot, poking yep. things with sticks and fucking in the woods. Yeah, and then the uh, the the finding of the uh, the porn treasure on the side of the road that was always a that was always a that was always a good thing. It was like, wait, there's a VHS tape in this box. What's in it? You see, and and I and I think I just aged out of that. I think I was just old enough that I never had that experience Aww. because 
by the time I was a young teenager, the internet had come out. <laughs> yeah. This, and uh, so it would have been floppy disks on the side of the road. Floppy disks on the side of the road. Yeah. Yes. Finding the VHS tape and then uh, pl- putting it in the V uh, the VCR and then seeing that it was like all grainy and uh, you know, it, basically it would break after the first time you watched it. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. Fun time to be alive. No doubt. <laughs> Someone had to call your house in order to find you. They couldn't just call your cell phone. <laughs> oh goodness. It was actually much easier to be lost. I feel like back in those days. It was, it was, um, you know, it wasn't the uh, helicopter parents around, <laughs> at least not around us. Cause it was like, all right, all right, kids go. And then, you know, when the street lights come on, come back. Oh, I mean, there were no street lights where I grew up. So I was out on a, not dirt. Not, I will, the part of the road that I lived on wasn't dirt, but if you followed it long enough, it became a dirt road. Yeah. Um, so you may know, my mom's famous statement was just go play in traffic. And complain traffic. Nice. Um, mostly because there wasn't enough traffic for that to be dangerous. <laughs> but, and I'm pretty sure if there was traffic, you could probably see it coming. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I was like, was oh, there's unlikely. a truck. We were going to miss it. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of like childhood, just, like, winter time would come around and we had a, a hill behind our house. And, you know, we'd, we'd go up and we'd ice it down. And then build a ramp at this end of the porch so that you could like take the hundred foot drop from the top down, and while we launch people over the street, nice. over the yard, and then, you know, <laughs> I guess just generally be country folk. Yep, it's a it's great. It was great fun, and uh, you know, being a teenager here in Louisiana, it was uh, always kind of fun because then you go out in the woods, and then oh look. There's a four foot gator over there. Let's go mess with it. <laughs> yeah, and see, and I feel fundamentally there's a difference between the way you grew up and the way I grew up because my my childhood didn't have gators. At least not the childhood that wasn't in Florida. <laughs> yeah, Florida. Was I don't like to think more, about that childhood. Uh, yeah, it was probably a little more gator gatorful than uh, than up there in New York. Yes, much. We had snapping turtles up in New York. Oh yeah, we got snapping turtles down here too. <laughs> but uh, snapping turtles and gators are not the same thing. Nope, nope, not not at all. <clears throat> I I feel like I have derailed this conversation quite considerably, considering where we're talking. <laughs> and I apologize for that. It's fine. I just, I just kind of go wherever it's going to take us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So uh, Zoom is about to cut me off because they instituted this new time limit crap. So um, we'll wrap it up right there. Uh, okay. Freedomsong365.com. Go and get it. Get all those uh, get all those wonderful analysis of songs that may or may not be libertarian in nature. Also, subscribe to the Sounds Like Liberty podcast. Any other plugs that you want to put out there, Nick? Uh, if you're into the environment, check out Free Markets Green Earth. If you are a musician and you want to get better at music business, go to the Introvert Musician podcast. And if you like libertarian podcasts, go and subscribe to the This Week in Liberpods podcast. If you just want to know more about me or find the one-stop shop for all this, just go to nickcone.com. There we go. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot. We'll see you around, okay? Yep. Thanks a lot there. You have a good one. All right. You too.